At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. All right, guys, we're back with another podcast, another fantastic podcast, I may add. You guys spoke. The boys and girls of Instagram you guys raised your hand and shouted to the heavens about who you wanted to see on the podcast. If you guys remember my giveaway for the Klein Meter, a couple of weeks ago, I asked, who do you guys want to see on the podcast? And the number one answer was Mr. AK HVAC, Andrew Greaves. So I contacted Andrew and Andrew and I have spoken many times before through different social media platforms and we bounce ideas off each other and we've helped each other out um, on some occasions. Now, I didn't want to bug him to get him on the podcast because I know he's a busy guy. But you guys forced my hand. And I sent Andrew a message and he was all for it. He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. So guess what? Andrew is on the podcast. We're going to talk about, first we're going to talk about the week I had with a Copeland Digital Scroll that frustrated me to no end. It was a really, really rough week for me. We're going to get into some VRF stuff, Andrew's take on it, his likes, his dislikes, some of my past experience as well. And we're going to discuss a bunch of stuff on the podcast. So, guys, pay attention. Listen up. This is the HVAC Know It All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. So it has been quite the week for me this week, not going to lie. From digital scrolls to boiler startups, um, I wanted to bring up something quite important, actually. When you're working in a boiler room, mechanical room, um, that may have, that may present a potential for leakage of CO, carbon monoxide. Okay, not all rooms have detectors in them. Some of them do, but do you know if they're working? Do you know if they're calibrated? So for me, it's good to carry a personal CO detector on you. Now, I, I carry around the Tesla 317-3. Fits in a little leather case, uh, can clip onto your belt, and it's got an earbud. It plugs into the side of the, the unit. And if the alarm goes off, it triggers in your earbud because a lot of mechanical rooms are pretty loud. You got pumps, you got boilers, you got things going on. Uh, that's what I use. And I had it out today, actually, and I had it out yesterday because I was in a boiler room um, starting up a couple of boilers. One had a failure. I was changing a, a limit switch on one. And I was also changing the sight glass, the rear burner sight glass. So very important, guys. Personal co detector okay i carry the testo 317-3 it's got earbuds so you can hear it in your ear when it goes off um going on to some yellow jacket stuff 
when we were pulling the vacuum on uh, on this compressor I was working on, this digital scroll that gave me a massive headache, almost gave me a conniption. Anyway, we, we threw the uh, Yellow Jacket Omni digital micron gauge on the thing overnight. And I love this little gauge. It's, it's so compact and rugged. And it's got the little... Uh, have you guys ever read a uh, like a uh, a digital reader, like a digital book reader? It's like a liquid paper almost. That's what the screen kind of looks like. And you can go from uh, a white background to a black background. And the thing is so compact. And for the size of it, it's packed full of features. I mean, it actually can take up to 450 PSI positive pressure. That's crazy. So you don't have to worry about when you're charging your machine up. If you're going to kill that thing with pressure when you're putting in your holding charge. Um, during that job also, refrigeration technologies came into play. Like it always does. So we utilized some wet rag to wrap up some valves. We changed a, uh, an electronic expansion valve, a solenoid valve, and we wrapped that stuff up with wet rag to keep it nice and cool from the torch. Refrigeration Technologies um, products that were also used on that job was Nylog because we changed the Schraders. We put some Nylog around the Schrader uh, core threads to seal it up, around the caps to seal those up, and uh, some Big Blue to soap check, leak check with soap. So Armstrong has just released a pretty cool... I guess you could call it a scavenger hunt or a contest. Um, but it, it's named Spot Armstrong Equipment Program. So, listen, it's very, very easy. It's very easy. All you got to do is find a pump, constant speed, or a pump that's controlled by a VFD controller. Take the info down, snap a couple shots, go to Armstrong fluidtechnology.com forward slash HVAC know it all. You submit that info. Every unique pump you submit gets a $20 gift card for Amazon. That's pretty incredible because some buildings you work at could have five pumps, could have 10 pumps, right? You submit all of them. Check that out. That's some, that's some dough for you right there in form of an Amazon gift card. So armstrongfluidtechnology.com forward slash HVAC know-it-all and every unique pump gets a $20 gift card to Amazon. Pretty cool stuff. Um, I posted a meme the other night and it was uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. He looked a little disturbed in the photo. And in the caption of that meme, I wrote, man, he could have saved a whole lot of grief if you just electronically build Gus Fring, you wouldn't have to worry about all those bags of cash and buying that damn car wash to launder all his money. Now, I was just kidding, right? Obviously, it's, it's a meme. It's supposed to be funny. But the whole point of it is, is that Field Pulse, Field Pulse does offer electronic billing. And, and, and in the meme, I'm like, he should have got Field Pulse. If he had Field Pulse, he could have built Gus Fring electronically. So Field Pulse offers this stuff electronically, work orders, invoices, quotes. You guys get to get off this paper train, get on the paperless train, 
And there's a 14-day free trial up for grabs. You guys should check it out. Fieldpulse.com forward slash HVAC know it all. Now, today, I got a message from a follower of mine on Instagram. And I believe he was trying to buy a Testo uh, combustion analyzer from TrueTech Tools. And the 8% off code was not working for him. Well, that's because the 8% off code is no longer. It hasn't been valid for a couple of months now. Okay. Uh, we can't use that code for Fluke, Fleer, and Testo. But we can still save on Testo products. Okay. You got to go to HVACKNOWITALL.COM. Scroll down the home page to the True Tech Tools logo. Click on it. Answer the two questions. Make sure you tell them HVAC Know It All sent you. When you sign into your True Tech Tools account, you get preferred Testo pricing. All other tools, you get 8% off by using promo code Know It All, K N O W I T A L L, at checkout. Now, just remember that Testo's having a pretty cool fall promo. You buy a three a three twenty or a three thirty combustion analyzer. You get a free bore scope. It's got a flexible camera on the end for checking around bends of heat exchangers and up pipes and through different crevices and and cavities and not those kind of cavities though. You know what I'm saying? Just for HVAC stuff. Anyway, guys, check that out. Use the code if you want preferred pricing. Go to my website, True Tech Tools logo. Click on it. Fill out the form. Hello. Hey, Andrew. Hey, what's going on, Gary? I'm good, man. Um, yourself? I'm doing great. Doing great. Are you down in your little um, your little recording studio there as we speak? I'm in the little hole under my house. That's right. <laughs> down in the studio. That's yeah, you right. know what, though? It's, it, you got a cool little setup, I got to admit. It actually inspired me to um, – see, my basement is unfinished, and um, it's inspired me to build, like, a floating room down there. Just by like a maybe like a six by eight room and put some black sheets over it and have my own little yeah. studio type thing. <laughs> well, maybe that that could be a winter project for me. It's it, it's great, man. It, it gives me somewhere to do all my little projects and stuff, and it gives my wife somewhere to you know send me to when she doesn't want me around that, anymore. So it works more, out. It's better than the it's better than the yard. You know? Somewhere to somewhere to hide from your wife too when she's <laughs> when she's getting right, on your case. Right. Yeah. Um, so listen, the reason you're on the podcast is not because I didn't want to talk to you before, cause I know you're a busy guy, but I think you probably saw the post you got tagged into. Um, you were requested on Instagram for you and I to have a conversation. So that's, that's the main reason why you're here. Um, how do you feel that all these guys are tagging you into these, these posts that they want to hear you on the podcast? Oh, I, I mean, it's flattering. I just can't believe I've got that many people fooled into thinking uh, I'm an expert of anything. But I am happy to oblige. If the people call, I will listen, and I'll be here. So, See, you know what? Happy to be here, and, and, and you know what? Uh, Instagram is such a great community. Oh, and, it is. Um, I want to say you were probably the one that got me to actually even give it a shot from, from hearing you always talk about it when we've had conversations in the past, and I always thought – Eh, I don't know. I just I had a, a a weird vibe about it. Instagram came across as something that just my wife was gonna you know pay attention to, and it was just all models and stuff like that. I, I didn't see the I didn't see how HVAC could play into that. And uh, after I gave it a shot, I realized, holy crap! I 
despise Facebook even more than I thought. Oh, I did. So, you know what's really cool about Instagram? Everybody can have their own little world, right? Everybody has their own little world and you can visit their little world through their stories and their posts. And Facebook's a little different. It's more of like a personal thing where Instagram is more about creating a brand for yourself. You know what I mean? Well, you create a brand and then also on top of that, the community that, that, you know, follows you, they've chosen to follow you. So Facebook, you know, you may join a, a group with a common theme but you're still throwing thousands of people that probably don't really like each other into a, a pit and you get all kinds of, you know, just garbage in there. Whereas, you know, if I don't care for somebody on Instagram, I just don't follow them. You, that, know? And it's, you, you surround yourself with like-minded people. And that's that is, that is so true what you're saying. And I never even thought about it that way. And I think that's maybe why Instagram is such a positive place is because you're choosing who you want to follow rather than being forced in a group, like you said, of, of this pit of, of neg- negativity that you, you, it's hard to escape, right? Because Facebook seems to be a pit of negativity all the time. But anyway, I, I had a really interesting week this week. And, and I know a lot of the guys that tagged you in wanted to hear you speak about VRF units, because I know you've been posting a lot about them and, and doing a lot of uh, work on them. And I know you yeah, said you're, sure. you're, you're not an expert, but hey, listen, I'm not an expert at anything. I just kind of go with the flow and I kind of have to learn because my short-term memory sucks. If I work on something for six months and then I don't touch it for two years, I don't remember nothing. I have to relearn everything that I learned six, right. six months. So, um, so, so this week, this, this was my week. And you know the, the, the parts cannon group on Facebook, right? Well, we loaded the parts cannon up <laughs> on, this, right. on, on this machine, not intentionally. It was a learning curve, but we got down to the bottom of it. And I'll go through what we did. So do you ever work on Copeland Digital Scrolls uh, at all? I, I've come across them, yes. Okay, so I have, I have a building. There's four uh, custom-built units by this company called ESC. And they have digital scroll compressors in them. Single stage, they have an electronic metering device and it's controlled with this uh emerson um superheat controller right it's all electronic right so i got a call that one of them wasn't working and we looked on the trend logs and it was up and down up and down up and down the temperature wasn't stable and then sometimes it would work and then sometimes it wouldn't so i go up and i see that the pressures are they're not equalized but the compression ratio is very close like we got like 130 on the high side and like 90 on the low side right right so i'm sitting here playing with it and all of a sudden it starts pumping again and i'm like well what the hell just happened and then i'm I'm like it's pumping but it looks like it's short on gas so i added a little bit of gas just to see how it would 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 react right it's 407c and it started to run really nice the temperature came down and i said i said to the maintenance guys i'm like there's something not right about this unit i i think i need to come back first leak check it and go through this thing so i came back the next day to leak check it and bang the compression ratio was equal like 145 and 145 high side and low side right so okay. what's what's your first thought on that the compressor is is not pumping it's dead right right so we're like, okay, so let's, we don't trust this compressor. We're going to change it. 
the maintenance crew was like, yeah, we want you to change this compressor as well because we're, we're going into a clean room run uh, next week for 28 days or 30 days in a row and we need this thing up and running. So we changed the compressor. Um, we changed the filter dryer. Uh, what else did we do? Little, little bits and pieces there. We, we charged it with nitrogen, obviously, to do the, the, the leak test. And we pulled the vacuum overnight. And we came back. We charged it up. Okay, we charged it up. It's not equalized anymore. But it's back to this like 130 over 90 type thing, right? So we're like, what the hell is what the hell is going on here? So we have the the operator downstairs. We have him manually close the electronic TX valve, and you can hear it going. You can hear it making noise, right? Sure, sure. It's a little so, motor. Yeah, that's right. So he manually closes it, and you expect to see it to pump down, right? It's it's mm-hmm. not pumping down. It's not doing anything. We're like, oh my God, so what, we got a bad valve here? He's like, okay, just change the valve, change it. So we ordered the valve, and with the valve, he's like, order a new controller too, just in case. We'll have it as a spare if you don't need it. Um, the valve also uses a, uh, and the, the controller in conjunction uses a pressure sensor and a thermistor, right? It checks evaporator pressure just like an equalizer, and uh, like equalizing line in a TX valve, and then it's got uh, a thermistor like a bulb for a TX valve, right? So it's taking all these things in and it's going back to the controller. The controller decides, hey, what am I going to do? So we put the controller in or the the metering device in. We put the pressure sensor in, the thermistor in. We start the damn thing up and it's doing the exact same thing. (laughs) Yeah. So we're like, what the hell is going on? So I'm like, you know what? I had a dream. It's got a solenoid valve that comes. There's a pipe that comes off the top of the compressor on the discharge side, a solenoid valve back to the uh, suction valve. So basically when that opens up, it relieves pressure um, and then it unloads. Right. Right. I'm like, what if there's a problem with this thing and we didn't catch it? So basically we took the wires off the solenoid valve and we took the solenoid valve off and boom, it started to pump. We're like, what the you know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Right. So, right. right. So then we put it all back to normal and then it's pumping. It's fine. And then it goes to unload and then it stays in that unloaded position. So we're like, really? and then, yeah. So then we take the, the coil off again, restart it. It's fine. So I take my coil magnet and I'm like, bloop, 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 bloop. It's, it's moving. You can hear it clicking in and out, clicking in and out. Right. So what it ended up being was, is that valve, it was sticking and my coil magnet was way stronger than the actual um, or my solenoid magnet was stronger than the coil that was pulling on it. Right. So we took, we took that valve out because it came, it came with a valve and we ordered everything, but we didn't think that was a problem. We changed that little valve and boom, everything was fine. So that's, that's, That's it was a learning curve and I have very good things to say about Copeland, but I called a bunch of people and nobody could really give me any straight answers. So we were left to read manuals and guess and check this and check that. But we learned so much this past four days on this machine. It was incredible. And I thought I'd share that story because if you guys don't own a solenoid coil magnet, um, buy one because they are so handy for troubleshooting. And without that, without a soil, uh, a magnet today, we wouldn't have found that problem. There's no way in hell. Yeah, it's definitely if you if you work on equipment bigger than five tons, it's something that needs to be in your tool bag. And and I keep two actually. So, um, you know, 
it's funny you said that with the uh, the the solenoid and the EEV and all that. Um, I've I've managed to use those as well as a troubleshooting tool on um, some of the multi-split or VRF equipment. Um, I've had the same type of valve you're talking about, an EEV, where like you like we were saying, it's kind of like a step motor, and you can hear it rotating yep. right, to you know lift and and lower that plunger or uh the, you know how however it's assembled but um i have used those magnets before now they make a dedicated tool for it i've never sprung the money for it but uh you could use a solenoid magnet to open those i don't know if you knew that you can actually spin them by hand very quickly on on the shaft and you can open or close that valve Really? Because uh, if if you want, go to my Instagram when we're done and look, because I took a video because uh, we mm-hmm. took the old one out and we powered it up and it's not, it doesn't actually spin closed. It's actually this little, little gate that kind of opens equally on both sides, like, and then it closes on both sides. Let me rephrase what I meant. I didn't mean when you spin the magnet, it, it rotates uh, like a threaded, um, plunger or anything like that what okay. it does is it simulates the, the magnetic field rotating that drives the motor that gotcha. closes and opens the gotcha. valve. So, so essentially what you're you're just mimicking that magnetic field that it would normally be getting from the solenoid that sits on or the or the uh, coil that sits on top of the EV um or, or you know the, the head uh it's not really a coil but um you can pull that off now it doesn't always work i had one that was uh sticking like you mentioned and i was able to pull that head off put the solenoid magnet on and restart the equipment because it was locked out on low pressure and i was able to spin now i don't know if it's always going to be lefty loosey righty tighty but it did work that way so I, i spun it to the left vigorously for about 30 seconds just to see what would happen and i had gauges on it and it'd been pumping down because that valve was not opening and uh sure enough i watched my suction pressure begin to go up as i was doing that wow and uh, i managed to get that valve open um now like you said you, you make you're making me doubt myself and maybe it was just a, a freak moment that that happened but i want to say that 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 principle should work potentially but what ended up happening i shut the power off again restarted it to see if maybe I broke free whatever was sticking it and it did not it it pumped down again after I had manually got it open that one time so I did end up still having to change the EEV out but um it just was one of those things it was another use that you don't think of with a solenoid magnet you know usually they're just you know there to open the liquid line solenoids while you do work uh or troubleshooting but you know we always try to think outside the box oh that's that's pretty cool and I've I'm now that you um the way you describe it, I think I've actually seen a couple of posts, and if I'm not mistaken, um, our buddy that's all all over uh, social media, Ulysses Palacios, um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he made a post on that um, a few months back. So it, it kind of jives with what you're saying from what I remember reading um, what he had written about using that okay, magnet I'll to spin. Okay, I'll that up. I, I don't... I don't remember that, but that's um, it makes me feel better to, to see that uh, he may have had the same experience because yeah. um, it was kind of an urban legend. I heard that, and, and, and I gave it a shot, and it actually kind of played through. It, it didn't fix the unit in the long run, but it was just, you know, something else to keep in your toolbox, um, you know, the one in your brain. So, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. And, and they do, like I said, make a tool uh, that simulates that for you. 
and it takes a lot of that that uh, elbow grease you got to put into doing it. Yeah, way I did it, but yeah, eh, you know. Hey, that, that's that's uh, any 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 a technician. My my new motto is a technician needs many tricks in his tool bag to get by. Right. So, the more tricks you have, the better. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I agree. because if you got if you got one or two tricks in your tool bag, and the guy beside you's got ten, well, guess what? He's gonna do. Um, he's gonna be out of there a lot quicker. <laughs> Probably do the, well, the job a, a little bit more efficiently. Right. 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 Uh, you know what's funny though. So. I haven't worked on VR, and we'll get into your experience with VRFs um, a little bit more after this, but I just wanted to tell you that uh, years and years and years ago, we used to install a few of them, not tons, but a few of them, and it was the City Multis, the Mitsubishi City Multis. Now, the ones that I still have out there, the um, the little, they call them LEVs, uh, linear expansion valves, I think is what Mitsubishi calls them. Now, if okay. you if you pull the little stepper motor off, um, of the valve, the valve goes to full open. You don't need to do nothing. It's got like a little stem and that stem pops up. So we've had it where, um, like say a head, it, it's just not cooling properly and it's for a server room or something that's critical. You just go in and you pull that stepper motor right off and it goes to full cooling. It just lets full flow through that evaporator. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. yeah. I, I have not, I have not heard of that. We don't have a lot of Mitsubishi at all around my area. Uh, in fact, I've got one building that has a small city multi uh, there. But I didn't know that. That's a, that's a cool feature that I haven't heard of with the other manufacturers. Yeah, and it's actually a little rotolock. So I mean, you, you just, you just spin it off. I can't remember the size. Maybe like a five eighths or a, a half inch wrench or something like that. And, and it just spins off. It's usually coated with a lot of uh, like foam tape, like silicone or cork tape or something like that. Once you peel that back and you kind of got to double wrench it a little bit and then you, you just wrote a lock, it pops off and you're good to go, man, full cooling. So very cool. Anyway, um, so the, the boys and girls on Instagram wanted to hear about your uh, escapades with, with the VRFs you've been working on lately. So um, yeah, how, how's um, that been going? It's it's okay. I have a love hate relationship with with the technology and the equipment. You know, I think I see the the benefits and I see the writing on the wall as well um, as far as uh, how it's going to only increase in 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 North America. Um, you know, in the next few decades, I think. So we're not going to go backwards from it. It's only going to become more prevalent. Um, it's not going to replace chillers like some people say. It never will. We're always going to need chillers, um, so I don't I don't go that far. I know there's some some people that are uh, you know they think it's going to be it. Um, I don't agree, but it is I think 80% of the world's air conditioning, you know, particularly internationally, is is uh, VRF. Mm-hmm. So um, I think what I hate about it is probably about more speaking to what I hate about myself and the resources that we have for it and the access we have to it. So, you know, and I I talked about this in a video a few weeks ago. One thing I I love that HVAC gives us something to always learn and you never, you never learn it all. You know, that, that, that point's been beaten to death that, you know, to be in this trade, you have to always be willing to take the steps to keep up to date and you have to have a desire to, otherwise you won't enjoy it. 
Exactly. Um, but on the other side of that coin, I go through phases where, you know what, I get thrown at so many different things um, that are so intricate on their own. Some days I'm like, man, I just wish – sometimes I wish I went to a different trade, one that I could have mastered. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and yeah. that's not a that's not a dig at, you know, say being a, a, a plumber or – uh, you know, laying floor roof. I, I, but what my, my, the point being is, there's something to be said for having a craft that, at least I know one day, maybe 20, 30 years, uh, I'm a master of it. There's yep. really nothing you could throw at me that I can't handle with my eyes closed. Yeah, there, there is a desire for that. You know, there, there. It's you know, some people may say that's boring, but at the same time, I mean, who doesn't want to feel like they're completely on top at some point? So there's, there, you know, there's times where that gets, uh, you know, a little, uh, gets you a little down or whatever and frustrated, but. Uh, oh, just like to, today, I, I, <laughs> this week, yeah. man, I was, I was depressed. I last, uh, I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday when we put that compressor and had the vacuum going and I, we went to charge that thing up, um, and it didn't work. And I spent the day trying to figure out on my own with no help from anybody outside, no resources, the manuals didn't tell me anything. My head right. hurt more than it has hurt in the last five years because that's how frustrated I was. So I know exactly what you're saying here. Sure. And if you had a, you, like, it sounded like you were at a facility that had pretty involved maintenance personnel. And then, you know, that always adds the oh, yeah, because extra they, layer of pressure and, and, and worried. Are they, are they starting to think you're incompetent? Do they, are they losing faith in you here? You're looking at manuals, you know, oh, they never, you don't want them to see that, right? So, no, well, the, the, um, the, the maintenance supervisor at this building, he's, uh, he's always looking at manuals and pulling up information. He knows, he knows. Like, well, that's I, good then. The, the thing that bothers me is that guys that are listening, girls, text don't be afraid to pick up a manual in front of a customer if they have a problem with that then i mean they have a problem with you fixing their machine properly because all that manual is going to tell you is information and more and good information about what the hell you're working on there's no there's no you shouldn't have an ego um, issue with picking up a manual and reading it never absolutely yeah and and i said that with sarcasm yeah you do have a lot of guys out there though at facilities that that do have the wrong idea of that and they yep. think oh well if you're pulling up literature you're not the guy i want here I that's want, right i want the old the old guy that that comes up with a screwdriver and knows exactly where to tap it and, and, anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, and right. unfortunately we don't have equipment like that anymore that that's being made so and and again back to what i was getting at was the frustration part and how that applies to brf for me is that at my shop I am kind of the VRF guy to them. And, and I, I get sent to pretty much a hundred percent of any calls in a 200 mile radius that, that has, you know, the letters VR or F in it. So, um, and that's cool in a way, you know, I've carved out a little niche at the shop for that kind of work. Um, but you know, it's not a huge percentage of what we do. Yeah. It's something that we're taking on more business of, which is, which is great. But um, you know, that's a, that's a big weight to carry being looked at as that guy, but I don't feel that I've had access to the equipment like I should, or, um, to the training that I need. And, and this equipment is all proprietary. So all your manufacturers, yes, they all kind of operate the same with the same principles, but if all you've ever had is biking training, don't think you're going to walk in 
and in 10 minutes be able to fix a city multi. Oh yeah, or, exactly. Or a, or a Samsung or, yep. or a, a, you know, and, and there's, there's more and more of them now. So they're all their own thing. And for you to be uh, competent with them or even have the resources to repair them, you need to go to their training. You need to get the service checker tool. They all have their own service checker tool that all has their own software that all has constant firmware updates or software updates. Yep. And then just as you start to get ahead of it or get the hang of it, you know what? They come out with the next generation. Yep. So um, it's, it's a never-ending game with that stuff. So a lot of times I wish, you know, if you guys are going to have me be the VRF guy, let me just be the VRF guy. Yeah. Um, give me the time I need. Because I, I, I have the aptitude and I have the motivation to excel at it and specialize in that. But that's just not the reality um, of how we're dispatched here. We got too much other stuff. Like I said, it's probably, you know, 90 and 10 uh, of the split between, you know, 10% VRF and probably 90% is hydronics and large package equipment or, you know, penthouses with air handlers, stuff like that, chillers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. It's like I said, it's a love hate. I enjoy it when it goes well, <laughs> which is not always the case at this point. So, yeah, you, you sound like you have a similar. Um, life as I do because there is no set piece of equipment that that our company specializes in um, basically the the way it works for me is i have I have a set of buildings right that that are mine and i okay every every three months the maintenance contracts are sent out to me and I go to those buildings and I find work and I quote work and i uh, verbal approvals here sometimes and and I just continue to rotate through these buildings it's very rare that I will venture off to somebody else's building because everybody has their own set of buildings and then once in a while if maybe I'm busy and one of my buildings has a service call like happened last night someone will someone else will, will obviously have to go to it but we we try to keep it that way and I find that um it's bittersweet because you kind of get bored going through the same routine all the time, but at the same time you develop a very, very good rapport. If, if you're good at developing rapports, first of all, with, with your customers and that usually generates into more work, um, trustworthy, um, like, Hey, hey like your compressor's dead. Uh, I need to change it. Yeah, go ahead. Change the compressor. You know what I mean? But if it's a different guy showing up every time that customer's like, well, I don't know this guy. You better quote it so I'm not being uh, surprised with the price after he's done type thing. You know what I mean? Sure, so uh, sure. I, I kind of like it that way. But at the same time, yeah, I'm like, oh, I got to go to that building again. I got to go to that building again. It kind of gets boring, but I still enjoy the people. Uh, I try to make friends with customers. Like I really try to get onto the level of my customer, whichever that level is, like high, low, whatever. And I And I try to talk about my life and kind of make fun of myself and get them to feel comfortable with me. And it, and it really works. I find, and, and I'm not doing that to be, um, uh, I'm not playing mind tricks. That, that's just how I, I relate to people. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you're, I think that's a great setup you guys have up there with, with your company. Um, I envy that a little bit. I kind of wish I had uh, pretty much, you know, the centrifugal chillers, those pretty much get divvied up. And, you know, this guy will have this hospital, that kind of thing. But, you know, if it's if it's air cooled or it's, you know, a DX unit or, or air conditioning and stuff beyond a, a centrifugal chiller, it's it's any anyone's grab. Anyone can get sent anywhere. 
Um, I've been working two and a half hours away from home this whole week at a hospital that I've really never done any work at. So okay. constantly starting over and, and starting from scratch with a, with a maintenance guy. And, you know, that, and that's cool. But knowing that I'll probably never get sent there again, like you, like you on a recurring basis, that, that can get frustrating because you'd like to be able to uh, really get to know that equipment. And, and that's kind of what I would like to have more access to the ability to really baby some equipment. Oh yeah, you you, you really do. You know, get... Instead of that rushed mentality of uh, it's a one and uh, one and done, and get on out. So uh, yeah, there's something to be said for that. Exactly, and and I find that I can get into a real good groove because if I'm there every three months, some some actually contracts are more than every three months. There, there's places that I go every month to do a maintenance if it's a critical uh, setup, but I mean. If I'm there every three months, let's say, for example, there's things I know that I only need to check once a year, right? right? So I'm like, I don't need to check that this time. I'll check that next time. But if it's a new guy going to that building, he's going to look at that list and check everything and then possibly waste his time checking things that don't need to be checked. So you get into a routine of knowing what to check. And, and yeah, like you said, babying babying machines and, and knowing how they run and, and knowing when to check that belt or grease that bearing. You know what I mean? So it, it's good like that. But you know what I wanted to ask you is since you're, you're on the VRF stuff, I heard maybe about a month ago that they're going to start to move away from flare connections. A lot of the VRF um, manufacturing companies. Did you, did you hear anything about that? Well, no. Okay. Um, it, they, I'm not saying that's not true, but um, I if that's news to me, if that's the truth, okay. I I know that they have always been pretty hardcore proponents of the flare fitting, and okay. that would always seem like something they never wanted to get away from. But you know, again, this is such a rapidly changing uh, industry or niche of the industry that. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't outright deny that. Uh, I do have some. I'm going to go to the Gen 2 York Hitachi VRF training here soon, and I, I guess that's something I could, I'll follow up with you after, you know, at some point down the road, um, if if I hear something like that. But um, I would love that personally, because um, it is it is a source of issues with the equipment. Um, yeah, and I don't know how much of that is an actual problem with the flare fitting versus a lack of proper flare fittings, you know, yeah. doing them properly. Yeah. And and that, that, that's just, that trickles into what the biggest problem with VRF in North America at least is period, which is improper installation. Yeah. It's the number one thing, it's the number one thing that makes me cringe when I get sent to a VRF job that are in a nightmare scenario and that we did not install. Because I already know I'm going to be here a week or two. Yeah. Um, the, there is no such thing as a quick VRF fix. Okay? <laughs> if you've yeah. got problems, you you better plant yourself there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the biggest downfall. That equipment is incredibly efficient, hands off, well performing, and reliable if they're put in right from the get go. Yes. If you do not put those things in correctly your customer just bought an astronomically priced system that's basically a bunch of toaster ovens hung on the wall. Yeah. I mean, at that point, because how is it any different than just a plastic 
cheap appliance that doesn't no, work right. No, exactly. You know, and, and that that because that's you know that's one of the things, right? So VRS is really efficient and really you know fancy and snazzy and stuff, but it's all made of plastic. It's all made, you know. It's it's they cut a lot of costs by doing that. But my God, you don't have the fudge factor with anything that you do with traditional equipment. Yeah, you, you can't cut corners. You can't skip steps. You can't say, ah, I've been doing it like this for years. I've never had any issues. I don't need to torque it to this spec. I just need to tighten it. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I was going to bring up to you. Like I've been doing. Um, some podcasts with, with Armstrong and, and I just thought of this now. So they have this pump, um, the design envelopes, like a gen five and, and basically you can network these pumps together, but you don't have to run any network wiring. Each one has their own like modem or SIM card. Um, and basically it, it goes to a cloud and then that cloud in that cloud you have, um, you can control everything. Is, is there, is there any chance you think, that all of these, like say you have a condensing unit and five heads, um, is there any chance that each one of these condensing units and five heads will have this ability to be go wireless, take the network wiring out, which can be a pain in the ass, especially if you have a break, because we've got buildings with 4,000 feet of wiring, network wiring, and if there's a break, like good luck. <laughs> so in, in it, my humble opinion, I guarantee we will get to that point. Yeah. Not only in VRF, but down to, you know, residential traditional equipment oh we're already doing that with thermostats yeah right so i mean it's only a matter of time till we get there and in the meantime we will continue to have just maddening communication errors and and uh you know just electrical issues that are hard to trace because that yes it's extremely sensitive you know they have used the shielded wire you still have problems um, a lot of times the, the wire, you, you got to keep it away from ballasts. You got to keep it away from transformers. You got to keep it away from, you know, anything like that that could create disturbance. Yep. Um, you know, and oftentimes your only friend is an oscilloscope to go in there and prove, at least in my position as where I, I represent a manufacturer, when I go out there usually, um, I got to go out to that installing contractor that wants to point the finger at the manufacturer and, you know, we got to go in there and say, oh, well, look here, I can show you the disturbance in the sine wave that's being sent through this communication line. Um, you've run that wire somewhere it shouldn't be, you know, versus it being an equipment issue. So, yeah, the electrical issues are a big deal. The piping, I'd say the piping is the biggest problem that you find out there in the field mm-hmm. um, where things have not been followed uh, or the, the as-built layout of the piping is drastically different from the design mm-hmm. and they never informed the the manufacturer that, that designed it for them or, or whoever uh, designed the layout so those are some of the big issues you have or just improper application you know vrf is not always the best application it's very application based whether vrf will serve you well or not and then to split that even further whether heat recovery or the heat pump version is what you need. Because a lot of people just assume, oh, heat recovery must be the, the best no matter what. Well, that's not true. So there, there's different scenarios where, you know, a lot of time has to be put into uh, figuring all this out. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. The people be behind um, designing these from the ground level, 
I mean, the, the, the smarts that has to go into building a controller and, and having these things communicate and running so efficiently. I mean, that technology, it, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. It really is. It's right on par with, to me, the same knowledge and, and dedication that it takes to, to be a, a, like a, just a top-notch centrifugal chiller mechanic Yeah. In its, own, in its own way. If you take any of these manufacturers and you get a hold of their engineering manual, like for York, for example, it's about a 3,000-page manual. Jeez. And uh, I mean, so you can get as deep into it as you want. And that's, again, where a lot of the frustration for me comes because I'm one of these guys that's always so hungry to want to know exactly how everything works every time. Man, I'll get lost down a rabbit hole because I, I just don't have the space in my brain or the time in my schedule to devote to it. And that's where the love-hate kind of happens too. Yep. I would love uh, to just know it all with that equipment. It's just not a reality. Yeah, we we all want to be know-it-alls, right? <laughs> no, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I mean, I don't want to keep you too long. It is it is getting late, but one thing I did want to um, talk to you about quickly is your videos. Now, your videos, um, since you started the, the AK HVAC channel, your videos have been absolutely incredible. And what impresses me the most is the amount of people that are watching them. You have videos that have over 100,000 views. Right, I I, I do. Yes. Yeah, that yes. to, to me, you. man, to, to me, it, it's incredible. And and I equate it to this. I used to watch UFC, and I never got it. I never understood like these guys are on the ground. This is boring. They're not moving. And then my kids started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I started taking a real um, sense of uh, of pride in in how these guys uh, have to prepare and what they're doing in the match to, to try to get the advantage. And now I understand it. So when I make it's a YouTube... An ama- what an amazing sport, isn't it, too? Yeah, and, and, and if you... Speaking my language there, I, I, I do quite a bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu myself yeah, that, today, and it's a great sport. Oh, my it's kids... A, and you, you do have to know what you're looking at, though, to understand it. Like, you, you, you really do, and I never, stood, I, never, I never understood UFC two guys laying on the ground trying to get... Um, the advantage on one another. Now I do, and when I watch my kids do jujitsu, and they 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 get into the rolling, and sometimes they do wrestling and judo. I love watching it, and 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 this is why I bring this up because now I have an appreciation. So if I make a YouTube video, right, I might get 500 views, a thousand views in like six months, <laughs> but you're getting these views like bam, 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 in a couple of weeks. And that just is mind-blowing to me. So you're doing an awesome job on that, and, and the videos are, are outstanding. So I wanted to well, that, that uh, kick, commend you I, on it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you know what? Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just something I've been working at, man. It's, it's uh, there, like you said, there's a lot behind the scenes that goes into that. It's, it's you know, how you shoot it, how you edit it. And then yep. um, it's just, you know, you come into your style of it and, um, and there's a lot of back end stuff. So I do, I have tried to learn, you know, optimization for search engines and stuff like that. So there's stuff too, that's kind of cheating, I guess, but I think, you know, I've learned that and tried to harness it and, um, I'd be happy to share with you anytime, man. So well, it's, not, it's not cheating, I'm an open man. book on that. Yeah. Well, I, I... It to myself, a lot of guys have, have asked, you know, questions about certain elements, you know, what software, or, you know, what, how do you do this or that? Um, anytime, man, I'm an open book on that. And it's, it's been a blast making the videos. Um, and 
I have noticed a, a, a recent uh, step up in production on your end. Very cool stuff the last few weeks. I've, you know what? And, so and I, 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 like, I like what you've been doing. I was going to tell you that you, you, your videos actually inspire me to make better videos. Um, so, and, and it's, and I don't really see it as competing with you. I see it as you're doing good videos. I'm going to do good videos and then someone else might do good videos. And then the industry as a whole will start doing better quality stuff. So everybody can watch and learn from that's, that's the way I see it. It just raises the bar, raises the, that's standard. right. That, that can only, that can only be a good thing, man. And, yep. and you know, yeah, nothing. I don't see that as, as competing or anything like that. And it, you know what? There's nothing new under the sun here. So even my style, well, I mean, I, I got that from somewhere, right? I, yeah. It wasn't in the HVAC community, but I certainly looked up to uh, other people on YouTube that uh, did very high production vlogging and, and that kind of style. And, and I took a lot of elements of that and just brought it to the HVAC world to see yeah. how it would mix. And it's been a great reaction, but hey, um, the more the merrier, man. And I'm glad you're doing it, and um, I enjoy watching them. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with um, taking styles of people and like different people and then kind of making your own style out of it. One of the best pieces of advice that I got from my advanced instructor in refrigeration is, and this is not to be taken literally, this is just something he said, read three books and ask three people and then form your own opinion. But basically it was just to take opinions from different sources before you before you form your own opinion your own or your own style right that that's so that's sure. kind of what what you did and, that, and that's kind of what kind of what I do I look at what other people are doing and then I say okay well how can I incorporate into into that into me because you have to reflect I think in order for your videos to be successful you can't be fake you have to reflect yourself in them right and I think sure. I think you're doing that quite well is you're reflecting yourself and who you are in the videos well, I appreciate that. It is, a, it is a, a part of the reason why I've loved it so much is that it's it's a creative outlet I haven't had in years. Yep. I, you know, I, I always had a creative side, and then I went into, you know, this role as a mechanic. I'm a mechanic for a living. Yeah. And that's not a – well, uh, I guess that could be argued. There is a, a creativeness or an art to it at times. But if we're talking generally speaking, we live in a very black and white existence as, as technicians or mechanics things are what they are or they're not what they're not yeah you know you don't get to make things up that often um i was uh, basically just saying that you know coming to youtube has allowed me to to now you know express that creative side and have fun with the editing and all that because i love doing all that i love that more than the actual footage i love bringing it back and, and creating something with it that's entertaining yeah and on top of it being able to do or have that creative outlet but also incorporate what i love doing for a living hvac it's the it's the perfect package for me yeah and it's been a blast yeah it, so. it, it really has well i i'm not going to keep you much longer because you and i both got to get up early and, and go to work so um i i really appreciate you getting onto the podcast and we're not only talking because Instagram <laughs> wanted you here. I just wanted to, I know you've been on the other podcasts and I, and I know you're busy and I wanted to have you on at some point, but Instagram forced my hand to, uh, to give you the invite. So the people spoke and you answered. That's why you're so popular. <laughs> that, that's, man, give them what they want. That's, that's they right. Want. Uh, so I get, I gave them AKA track. 
There you go. Okay, man. Well, you, yeah, you keep doing those videos and, and keep working hard, man, and I'll, I'll be paying attention from, from afar. Thanks so much, Gary. Appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you on the Internet. Okay, man. Take Have care. a good night. You too, bud. Okay, bye. Well, that's a wrap, folks. That was a really good conversation. I really enjoy talking to Andrew. I've I've talked to Andrew a bunch of times over the last year and a half to two years online regarding different things, different ideas, and just things that we're doing um, on our own social media ends. And, and I'm glad to see Andrew having a lot of success with his channel, and it was really cool to have him on. He's welcome back anytime. Andrew, you're welcome back anytime on the podcast. You really are, because I, I really enjoy talking to you. Um, to be transparent and totally upfront, at the end of that podcast, there was a bit of a pause, about a minute and a half to go. That's because we lost the line, and I had to piece that conversation back together. Now, about two or three months, I wasn't able to do that with Anchor. Now I can, which is really, really cool. Now, I don't do much editing as far as taking out swearing and ums and ahs and stuff like that. That's just part of a regular conversation, but we don't need to hear the line drop and then try to get back in. Now, it has happened to me in the past using this, but now it's it's not going to happen because I can edit that part out, um, which is really cool. So if you guys are ever thinking of starting a podcast, Anchor is the best way to do it, to be honest. I wouldn't have a podcast if I wasn't using Anchor. If I didn't use Anchor, I wouldn't have a podcast. They've given me this opportunity to be creative, have guests, talk, and share this stuff with you guys, which is really, really cool. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the time. So guys, Anchor, I'm sure you guys out there have interests. And if you want to start a podcast on interests, um, barbecuing, who knows, beer, Maybe you guys like to hunt, fish, stuff like that. I mean, it's all it's all good. It's all game. If you go to anchor.fm slash start, you can start your own podcast. It's really, really simple. So I just wanted to give Anchor a shout out because without them, I wouldn't have a podcast. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Andrew and I. Uh, there's going to be many more to come. You guys have a great day. Happy HVACing.